Okay, thanks a lot, Tony. So we have Pastor Lee, he's gonna come up next. Uh, Lee Shipped, born in May 6th, 1964, in Natchez, Mississippi. Is, does anything good come out of Mississippi? Come on, ass. <laughs> We'd have an answer to that. <clears throat> yes, of course. Graduated from Tara High School, 1982. Married Miss Carla McCoy Ship in 1986. All these guys got married the same year, went to school the same. Graduated, got his bachelor's from LSU, 1987. Uh, and founder and our senior pastor here at FNT since 1986. Preaches the entire counsel of God. I just writ, wrote a few things about. Speaks the issues, speaks about issues of the day that we face. I think that's important. Corporate prayer, loves corporate prayer. Tries to be, tries his best to work with other churches in Baton Rouge. The love of God is manifested in and through his congregation. Determined that his congregation will be led by the Holy Spirit and utilization of, of his gifts. But the thing I wrote the most is, you know, the proof of his ministry to me is not only his family, but you see his family, the second generation. He's got three kids. They're all serving God. They're all serving in the ministry, but not just them. I just list, look at the Murphys. Look at the Welches. Look at the Cannons. They all have the second generation is now serving. The Catronis, the Birches, the Smiths. The Van V's, the Kinchins, the Longmires, it's even Todd's son. Just unbelievable how many the second generation is now serving God in ministry. That's just a, an amazing thing. You don't see that. You know, you know the you know the idea when you talk about a preacher's kid. You know, they're the they're the ones out, you know, running from God, not not our pastor. I wrote I also ask uh, for some anonymous, someone just, you know, tell me what you appreciate the most about Pastor Lee. This is what someone wrote. Of the many things I appreciate about our Pastor Lee, the best thing is the tender and loving heart the Lord has given you through many trials. In turn, you have taught us to love others greatly in Christ, to invest in the lives of those we can reach, and to love with a passion and endearment to all those we come in contact with in our everyday life, always looking to share God's hope and grace. Give love to Pastor Lee. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for this day. We thank you so much, Lord, for Randy and his work and putting this together, the men that cook, the setup, everything, Lord. It's just been beautiful. Thank you for Gene and Tony. Thank you, Lord, for their investment in our life today. We thank you for your love for us, your mercy for us, for your mercy endures forever. And we give you the glory, and we give you the honor. And Jesus, we thank you so much that you're our, our foundation. Your arms are everlasting. You never get tired of holding us. We thank you for your grace. It gives us power. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that anoints us, Father, to, to be strong, to face the fire, to walk in freedom, to be courageous, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would just give me the ability to speak for a few minutes and encourage these men. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Um, and I just, look, guys, I just want to ask y'all if you will. And I, I've asked my son to just kind of time me. So if, if you give me 15 minutes, all right? 
and um, I'm going to do my best when he stands up. I'm going to, I'm going to end. Okay. So I know y'all been here for a little while, and I just I haven't started yet. Fixing to start. But um, I want to thank Randy for this day. Thank you so much for putting this on for us. Amen. Thankful for Gene and Tony for coming, investing your time. I know that y'all are extremely busy, but I appreciate y'all being here. And so I'm going to talk for just a few minutes on what I was asked to talk about is being, acting like a man in the church. And so that's what I'm going to talk about. And in order to do that, I wanted to start by talking about the kind of man we don't need in the church, if, if I can. And there's a passage in Matthew chapter 23 where Jesus is dealing with the leaders of the church in that day, if you will. These were the leaders among the Jewish people. They were the Pharisees and they were the Sadducees. And Jesus, in talking to them, he says that these guys, they're religious, they're holy, they have authority among the people. And Jesus said that you bind heavy burdens upon people. You're very grievous, and you will not even move your finger to help anybody, but you love to bark out commands. You love to be seen of men. Um, you love the uppermost rooms. You love the chief feasts. You love for people to call you rabbi, rabbi. Today, I guess it'd be, hey, pastor, pastor, or apostle, or prophet. Um, but Jesus said that the greatest among you would be your servant. And whoever will exalt himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself will be exalted. But then he said to these Pharisees, he said, you shut up the kingdom of God from those that would be entering into it. You devour widows' houses. You go throughout the world to make a disciple. I mean, these are incredibly zealous people. You go through the world to try to make a disciple, but you're blind gods. And so... He is just trying to point out to the people that the religious leaders, and typically what happens, I believe, in, in almost every movement is these types of religious leaders kind of find their way in and begin to find their way up the ladder into religious politics, if you will, and they begin to dominate um, what is going on in the church world, and I believe that there's been great devastation through the decades because of men with power and with authority, but not the spirit of Christ that should be in their life, and it's very damaging. I think we would be very surprised to, to recognize in ourselves how much we love reputation, how much we love attention, how much we love position, how much we love my way and my will how much um, we don't want to be humble and we want to be recognized. That's in us. God created us with the ability to rule. And when we sinned, that ability to rule became very corrupted. And it became the ability to dominate and, and to corrupt that. And so these religious leaders, they sought to kill the life of Jesus wherever they found it. And they're doing that today. Wherever there's the life of Jesus, wherever men and women are free in Jesus Christ, religious leaders will come in and impose their will to try to bring men and women who are free back into bondage. And what we have heard so beautifully today from Gene and Tony is the corruption that's in the world. But I want to just bring to our attention 
the necessity that the church of Jesus Christ remains free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And I believe that for us as men, the way we should act in the church is that we should act in freedom. We should boast in our God. We should boast in our gospel. We should rejoice in the fact that God has made us men and he has given us headship and the ability to lead. And we should do that with responsibility and we should do that with grace that God has given us. These religious leaders sat in the seat of Moses. That means they sat in the seat of authority. It also says that they would not even be able to do what they demand of you. What they preach, they don't actually practice. They want to be seen of men. They love attention. They love to be noticed. They love to be honored. They love to be greeted. Pastor, pastor with their titles. But those that are trying to enter into heaven or would want to be close to God have a difficulty doing that because of the hoops that they have to jump through first that the religious leaders have established. Perhaps it's what Paul said when he identified the, the characteristic of the last day's age when he says they would have a form of godliness, but they would deny the power thereof. Unspiritual men have devastated the body of Christ since its inception. And they seek, not maybe intentionally, but they are instruments of dividing the body of Christ rather than creating unity in the body of Christ. In the name of Christ, they divide Christ. They destroy love which is the thing that Jesus said, this is how all men will know you're my disciples. They're uncaring, and they prevent God from having his glory. In an effort to keep hell out of the church, they keep the church down and oftentimes keep the Holy Spirit from moving in the church. In the name of order, we have made the church a monument rather than a hospital. We have called it protection but it's actually protecting our own ways and our traditions and our desires and what we think God should be represented like in our world today. And so it's really control for our own desires and our own efforts. And that's what the Pharisees did with Jesus. And that's what the Pharisees did with his disciples. And that's what they did with Paul. And it is continued by that demonic struggle that Paul said that we fight. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And so that's not the kind of man that we need in the church. And therefore, for me to bring out to you the kind of man we do need in the church, I would just like to reference John chapter 13. Because this is a precious scripture to me, and it is a desire in my heart that we could not model this, but we would receive the nature of this. And I pray that it would stand out to you. When we come into Luke, to John 13, Luke in his gospel is telling us the same scene. And Luke gives us um, an understanding that we don't have in John 13. <clears throat> Excuse me. But one of the things that Luke brings out is that the disciples that were with Jesus at the Last Supper were in a pretty heated debate and argument as to which one was the greatest. And who was going to sit on his right hand and who was going to sit on his left hand. And so when we come into John 13, we have to understand that so that we can understand the environment of this upper room. That this is Jesus' last night. He's going to be arrested and he's going to be led off to die the next day for the sins of the world. 
He has spent three years investing everything he can into these men. And the last night that he has with them, these men are debating as to which one of them is the greatest, which one is the most powerful, kind of like the Pharisees that we just read about in Matthew 23, who is the greatest and so forth like that, wanting the preeminence and wanting the promise, prominence and wanting the attention. And that's just the way we as men are. But there's one man in this room that is absolutely other and different. And so when I was asked, to speak on acting like a man in the church, my heart, spirit, mind went immediately to the greatest man in the church, and that's Jesus, and that we should want to act like him. We should want to be like him. We should want to have his spirit, praise God, as Tony said, and brought out and 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 Jean read from from Luke how the spirit of the Lord is upon me that's the spirit of Jesus and so what we're about to read about is impossible apart from God's grace it's impossible apart from his spirit but in John chapter 13 in the midst of this environment where the disciples are debating who is the greatest among them um, you can read this in John 13, and I would encourage you to be glancing through it as I talk about it for the sake of time. But Jesus gets up from the table, and he goes and he takes a basin of water, and he drapes himself with a towel, and he goes around and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. Uh, this is his last night with them. He's crucified tomorrow. He could say anything. He could rebuke them with the sharpest rebuke. But instead, he does something that has been forever etched in, in my life, and I believe in these disciples as well. And so the thing that I ask you is this. Can a bowl and a towel mean more to you than the title pastor, apostle, teacher, prophet, can unrecognized service for the benefit of other people mean more to you than having to have attention? Are your name called out? Are you willing to do the lowest form of service for the good of God and the good of his kingdom and the good of other people that everyone else would look down upon? Are you willing to love Judas to the very end? Are you willing to wash Judas's feet? I believe that the spirit of Jesus and one of the greatest needs in our church today are men that do not need a diploma, a pulpit, or a stage to serve Jesus well. They do not need to be seen. They do not have to have the attention or the recognition. And if they get it, it humbles them greatly. They want to serve God and they want to serve others. They want to do what other people are not willing to do. Greater those men who would be willing to say, I want to serve in the children's ministry. I want to teach in the children's Sunday school classes, which is where the real battle is being fought today. Jesus did not exercise his authority that night. He exercised his nature. And they witnessed the eternal God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, 
put into action his very words because he wasn't interested in preaching sermons. He was trying to describe for his whole life who he really is and what he really is. And he loved them to that degree. He used his power to make them strong. He used his humility to deliver them from their pride. And he used his future to free them from their present bondage. And the thing that I want to say, and Tony alluded to this in, in, in many ways, but I just want to bring this out in John 13. It says this, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. This is a man who does not desire reputation because men did not give Jesus his dignity or his identity. His heavenly father did. Knowing who he was, where he came from, and where he was about to go, he could do whatever his father wanted him to do. But how difficult it is for us because we want people to view us in a particular way. We want our wives to view us in a particular way. We want other men to view us in a particular way. So we're constantly striving to get some type of accolade from our peers that we really are great men and we really are strong men. But great is the man whose identity comes from the Lord. And that his heavenly father is his father. And that he's living on this earth, but he lives in heaven and he's going home to heaven. Therefore, men do not rule or control me. And that's why three men could walk through a fiery furnace. Because God is my God. And I know that. And that's enough for me. And I love him. And so I want to close with this. I want to bring this into our life. Is it that quick already? Wow. All right, I just want to read this in Galatians. I'm going to close with Galatians. I just want to be respectful of y'all's time, so I'm going to close this with Galatians. I told him to stand up when it was 14 minutes, so I probably have 30 seconds. So this is Galatians chapter 6, and it says this, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And if any man thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. And I think the greatest need in our churches today are spiritual men who know how to go to people who have fallen, know how to go to people who are struggling in sin, know how to go to people who are lost and recover them and not just expose them and not just rebuke them, but recover them, bring them to Jesus, see them restored, see them redeemed, see them thriving in the name of Jesus Christ. And when we as men live that way, I believe our young people, I believe our kids, I believe our babies are going to say, I want men like that in my life. And only the Holy Spirit can make you this. This is the life of Jesus in man. And so get your manhood out of the way and let Jesus live. And so I'll just close with that. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you for Randy, God, and putting this on for us today. And Father, help us to be like Jesus, Lord, where we can demonstrate character. And that would be as important to us as authority, that we would demonstrate your life and your nature that desires to redeem, but is not weak, though he is meek. He is not going to be pushed over. He's going to go to cross and he's going to beat hell and he's going to overthrow Satan and he's going to save men. He's going to spoil the kingdoms of darkness, which we are going to do in his name because you live in us to do it. But it's to save men and to destroy devils. 
And Father, I pray that you would just bless us today in Jesus' name. Randy, thank you, sir.